everybody out there in podcast land. This is Ragnar here, and I've got something a bit different for you today. I am actually flying solo. <laughs> and uh, I guess I have to start with a bit of an apology, because we have not been producing regular content lately. I'm really sorry about that. In part, that's due to my buddy Balazar being in the process of moving at the moment, but he has found a new place, so hopefully he will be set up soon and we'll be able to be back in full force bouncing off each other because I really enjoy that and it's a lot of fun talking with my good friend about the game we both love. But in the meantime, get to try something a bit different and that's me having a one-sided conversation with you about Gwent, which hopefully isn't as strange as it sounds because I want this to be a real conversation. You know, I, I kind of see a, a niche for podcasts at the moment, you know, because you know, you're not always necessarily able to, you know, watch a stream or play the game yourself. And I'm the kind of person that, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I kind of find myself watching Gwent, reading about Gwent, you know, being on Reddit, being on forums, watching streams, more than actually playing it, <laughs> which is kind of weird. You know, it's it's kind of weird to think about the rise of Twitch uh, as well in general, uh, that a lot of people are watching people play games rather than playing it themselves. And I remember South Park doing an episode on this and, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny, but I kind of find myself as, as one of those people. I love Gwent, uh, like a lot of you. I mean, if you're listening right now, you, you must love Gwent. You must be looking for some more Gwent content, or you might just be really bored and you're on your way to work and you want to pass the time. So, hey, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really want to put some some good content out there just to give a, a little bit of a different perspective you know I am not and my friend we you know we are not the best Gwent players out there you know we are you know quite competent we both made the pro ladder which is uh, going to be starting soon crossing fingers more on that a bit later but you know we don't profess to be you know pros or the best out there and, and that's okay, you know, because I, I want to give you the perspective of someone that, you know, is playing Gwent for fun, is playing Gwent, you know, quite regularly, uh, you know, almost every day, but is, is not looking to be the best out there. But is, is someone that actually, you know, watches a lot of streams, uh, you know, uh, reads up a lot of Gwent, keeps keeps up with what's happening, and, and is interested in that. And, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast because this is, I guess, my way of, of getting involved in the community uh, and making a podcast that I would actually want to listen to myself. So, uh, again, thank you for sticking with me. If you've got any suggestions, please send them to our email address, astateofgwent at gmail.com. But without further ado, I, I want to get right into the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm not a big editor. We, we just want to basically kind of have a talk, uh, you know, kind of have a conversation. Uh, and I want this to be kind of like, uh, you know, we're your friends, you know, without being kind of really cheesy. We're having a conversation about Gwent. If you can't uh, have that with someone else in real life, at least you could have that vicariously through the awesome medium of podcasts. So, hey, 
What have I been up to lately? What has been happening uh, with Gwent lately? Well, geez, the last couple weeks have been a real, real roller coaster. We got done with Gamescom a bit over a week ago. That was absolutely amazing to watch. Just a fantastic ride. Uh, And you know what? We had so many people watching on Twitch. The numbers on that were just crazy. I mean, like over 10,000 people watching on Twitch, you know, we got to the the top of Twitch at that point, you know, that many people watching, which is great to see for Gwent, which is a game. Remember, it's still in beta. Uh, it's, it's a game in beta. So that was fantastic to see. Just the fact that Gwent is kind of starting its journey on a on a competitive on the competitive scene you know it really makes me excited to see uh what's gonna what's gonna come for the future so yeah watching those games it was a lot of fun i was going personally for my my myself i was really rooting for super jj uh just because you know i've watched his stream a bunch of times and uh i was really really hoping uh, he would pull it through Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he ran a, a very, very interesting kind of strategy. And I, and I saw a few people talking about it on Reddit. He basically ran an anti-mill uh, kind of strategy. He ran decks with more than 25 cards. In the, in the attempt, essentially, because of the format of the tournament, that you would have to win with each of your decks, he ran three decks that couldn't really be beaten by a mere mill which you know again we're going way back into the past about of a, of a week ago pre-patch where mill mir was a, a quite prevalent tournament type of deck not a laddering deck because there's a big difference you know it's not a deck that's going to win every matchup at least not then but it's a deck that you know if you don't have counters to it can be very, very good. So he ran a kind of uh, a lineup that would be very good against that. Unfortunately, he came across someone that wasn't running a mirror, and that kind of made him lose hard against that. But, uh, you know, everyone played really well. The ultimate winner, Shaggy, he did such a good job. I think he only lost one one game overall something like that he just kind of steamrolled the competition so uh he did very very well and he was actually uh someone that got in through the wild card so that was very very impressive to see so gamescom was a lot of fun moving on from there we i guess the next biggest thing that's happened in the last week has been the new patch so <laughs> it's kind of been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, I mean, technically the patch has only been out for I think four days now, uh, and you know it's it's something that's kind of I guess frustrated a lot of people because there's a bit of few imbalances, uh, mainly Squirtel. I always butcher that name, by the way. I say Scoia'tael, Scoia'tal, whatever. Scoia'tael, <laughs> Scoia'tael. <laughs> I always get this wrong. Scoia'tael, people are saying is a little bit too powerful. It's kind of interesting, though. I, I saw a lot of Scoia'tael on the first day, maybe first two days of the patch. And now I'm just seeing kind of everything. 
which is really good to see. So I think people may be thinking, you know, a few decks are a bit too broken. Uh, while I definitely agree that there needs to be some balancing going in, especially with tempo. Uh, and that's, I guess, been the people's biggest problem. You know, there are going to be decks out there that are, are, are very competitive as well. So the pro ladder has been delayed. It is now happening sometime uh, in the coming days, quotation marks, <laughs> quote from Burza there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. So I just made um, the pro ladder last season. I think by the end of the ladder, I got up to just a bit under 4,400. And my friend Balazar, my good friend Balazar, got up to about 42.50, which is rank 20. So we both made that, which is going to be really exciting. For those of you who don't know, the pro ladder uh, is going to be a separate ladder from ranked. And it's going to be something that is where, by the name <laughs> sounds, uh, is where the pros are going to spend most of their time. So the difference with the normal ranked ladder is that there will be faction MMMR. So no longer it's just one MMR for all the decks and everything you play, but each faction, each of the five factions, will have separate MMRs. And then the average of your best four will kind of take um, uh, take your overall uh, MMR. So you, know, you could ignore one faction potentially and just have the four others be, you know, what you focus on, or you could, or you could do all five. But in any case, one won't be counted, your lowest, and everything else will. Also, you will need to get at least 100 games if you want 100% of that faction's MMR to count. Each of your first 100 games will count 1%. So if you've played 50% of uh, Nilfgaard, then 50% of that MMR will count towards your average overall MMR. So essentially what that means in a you know two month, because that's what we're looking at for season lengths uh, moving forward, in a two month season, you will need to play at least 400 games to be, I guess, you know, at the, the lowest level of competitive on the pro ladder. But realistically, you know, uh, probably a lot more than that because, you know, uh, you know you're f if you're going to get a 60% win rate, which is quite decent overall, then, you know, you, you want to be probably, I'd say, the real competitive people will be playing over a thousand games um, per season. So... That's a lot. Obviously, you can get to the high high position on the ladder less than that, uh, depending on how well you go in your games and what your kind of win rate is. But, you know, I expect by the end of the season, you know, people up around the thousand game marks uh, is, is where you're going to see the people at the top of the ladder, uh, if not a bit more. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. It's kind of made, you know, me think a bit about the other ladders if you will so you'll still have ranked and you'll still have casual now where i kind of used casual in the last season was a way of testing new decks a way of getting a bit of practice you know sometimes when i hadn't been playing gwent for a few days i would play a couple games in casual just to get uh, a little bit of practice a little bit of refreshed and then i would go into ranked now with the pro ladder Obviously, you'll get pros playing most of their time in the pro ladder because there's no reason not to. But 
you know, I reckon you'll still see a decent amount of rank play as the kind of new casual for, for people in the pro ladder. Uh, and that's what I'm going to kind of treat it as. You know, I won't want to care, and I expect most people in the pro ladder won't want to care much about their ranked positions anymore, which which will make an interesting change. But it's kind of where you'll you'll get good practice and good games at people of, around your level without it affecting your pro ranking. But the interesting thing uh, that said is that uh, CDPR have come out and said that what's going to happen with your you know positions and with your MMR in the pro ladder is that it's your highest achieved MMR. So you can't effectively go down that. So say you've had your highest MMR at you know, 4,500, and then you start losing a bunch of games in a row and your MMR tanks down to 4,200 or so, you know, at the end of the season, your highest MMR is what counts. So that's actually a really, really good change that they announced recently because it means basically that people won't be camping spots anymore because there's no reason to. Uh, You want to play as many games as you can and you want to get as high MMR as you can, but you don't necessarily need to just stop when you get to a certain point because you're afraid of losing a bunch of games and going down so that's really exciting so yeah so that's i guess what's happening at the moment with that uh, we will be waiting a few days for that they have announced that they've delayed the pro ladder presumably to do a hot fix that will solve some of the issues that we've seen with decks that are slightly imbalanced at the moment namely scrotel <laughs> but um, you know there could be a few other changes with other factions as well so i'm interested to see what they have and, and i think it's actually you know a really good you know it might be a little bit frustrating for us who are really excited to get started with the pro ladder but i think it was a really good decision uh, on CDPR's part uh, because we won't be starting the pro ladder with you know really unbalanced decks so we will see when that happens I'm very excited to see that but uh, you know in the meantime uh, you know everyone's been having fun with the new ranked season so what have we seen lately Uh, so I guess the decks that people have been complaining about have been a bit prevalent so that's namely Mulligan, Squirtel, and uh, Swim's deck, uh, which, again, is a little bit funny. It's called Stamatel. I hope I pronounced that right. Stamatel, <laughs> which, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, I love Swim, by the way. He is... I just love him how he... he is not afraid to try different decks. And if you ever watch his stream, which I highly, highly recommend, the guy just tests everything you know he'll he'll play different cards and then you know he'll play a few games and then he'll try another card even if he doesn't necessarily think the card will be used in the deck ultimately he'll try it out just to see uh you know that's how we get cards like gaunter which is the the crazy card that effectively flips a coin get put into decks because it just works in the deck that he put it in so yeah, so that's been uh, you know you know quite quite prevalent in the meta at the moment. Um, but 
other decks, uh, the, the good thing is we've seen a lot of other decks. So there's a few different Northern Realms decks coming around. A few people are saying that Armor Northern Realms is a little bit overpowered as well at the moment, namely for one card, uh, which is the Troll, which basically gives you two armor every turn, and then you want to use another card that can convert that armor into power. But, you know, we're also seeing uh, there's a few monster decks out there, not many, but there are a few. I've seen a decent amount of Eridan uh, in the first few days of the patch. Uh, and there's also a new kind of consume deck that's kind of anti-Squirtel at the moment that's out there. There's, again, Milfgard. Mil Milfgard is is uh, made a comeback as well, especially as a counter to Squirtel, which is really good. You know, and, and you know what? We've seen a lot of other kind of... Uh, playing around with different decks. So I spent the first couple days of the patch really, really trying to, to get a deck that I, I had in my mind uh, for a while happen. And uh, there's kind of been a few versions out there uh, that, that people have tried to do as well. And I don't know if it quite works, but it, it's been fun to, to play. So that's been a deck centered around a couple cards, really. Centered around uh, Skirmishes, uh, which is, this is on Skelliger, obviously, uh, which is a card that every time it goes to the graveyard and, and comes back to your board, uh, it gains three power. Uh, and the new Pirate Captain uh, for Skelliger has its ability changed, and that is that its power that it's boosted by is the power of the highest card you have discarded that turn. So the concept is basically play and buff skirmishes, uh, well, I shouldn't say buff, I should say strengthen skirmishes by as much as you can, and then use the new restore, which is um, the silver card that has changed slightly. What it does now is that it returns a card from your graveyard to your hand, uh, and then it strengthens it by two, and then you play a card from your hand. So before uh, the patch, it used to be discard a card from your hand. So that was obviously a lot worse because you'd be down a card. But the version now uh, doesn't make you down a card at all. It basically is similar, I guess, to Priestess of Frey, resurrecting a bronze unit, or or Sigdrifa, uh, which allows you to resurrect any bronze or silver card. But this basically resurrects, if you will, a unit to your hand so that has a number of advantages because you can resurrect if you will that card to your hand you can get skirmishes back into your hand uh, and then if you discard it another way uh, which there are a few ways to do this you can use well if, if you're not in round three yet for example you could actually put skirmishes back into your deck and then discard it by either madman lugos uh, which allows you to discard a bronze unit from your deck and then deal its power as damage. Or you can use the new Skellige bronze unit, uh, which allows you to discard any bronze uh, unit from your deck. So you can do that, or you can use... You can use... There's a silver card, I think, that lets you discard something from your hand. There's Johnny, uh, which also does that. What else is there? There's the... Uh, gold Ermion, which discards two cards from your deck. Yeah, so there's a few different ways you could do it. But essentially, by doing this uh, and having your skirmishes strengthened as much as you physically can, you can get pirate captains that are in the 20s. 
which is just ridiculous for a bronze. So problem with this, of course, is uh, graveyard hate. And the problem with this as well was, which is the main reason why it doesn't work at the moment, is because this patch is kind of all about tempo, and this deck is just too slow. It takes too long to get going, and if you know if you don't pass early enough in round one, you just if you've lost the coin flip, then you're just behind too many cards, and it, it just takes too long basically. This patch and, and part of the imbalances come from tempo, and a lot of decks can just put so much power out so quickly, and yeah, we're this deck uh, just can't keep up really. So. That's that's a deck that I've tried to make happen. A few other people have as well, uh, but I think it's just uh, definitely lacking at the moment. But apart from that, I've been mainly playing, uh, you know, sorry <laughs> to people uh, out there who, who hate playing these decks at the moment. I've mainly been playing a bit of Mulligan, uh, a bit of Stamatel, a little bit of Monsters, although I just couldn't make Monsters compete very well with my versions of it at least, so... Uh, but yeah, main, mainly Scoyotel, uh, and a bit of Monsters, and of course, my attempt at Skellige. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been good the last few days. I've seen a lot of variety, uh, which is great to see as people are rising in the MMR ranks. Uh, myself, I am sitting at about 3,200 at the moment, uh, MMR, which as of, Sunday the, the 3rd of September, that's sitting at around 4,000 on the ladder position. Number one at the moment is about 4,200, uh, which is which is just crazy because, you know, it's only been out for less than a week and people have already played around, you know, I'm just looking at the top of the ladder as we speak, and people at the top have already played around 200 games. This number three at the moment is on 300 games. So it's just, uh, it's just crazy that people have played so many games already and that they've already gotten to almost rank 20 so so you know one rank away from from you know the highest rank possible so but you know what some people do that and that's kudos to them i unfortunately like a lot of you listening cannot devote that much time to gwent uh i'm sitting at a measly 50 games uh which is still quite a lot i think but uh you know what kudos to them I've seen, yeah, there's a few well-known players up at the top of the moment, which is great to see as well. Got in the top seven, we've got Super JJ at number four and Mago at number five, which are some well-known players. Uh, and then moving on from there, down down in the top 100, you've obviously got a lot of other well-known people as well. So great to see what happens there in, you know, whether someone can get to rank 20 uh, and then rank 21 potentially before the pro ladder hits. We will see. So yeah, that's, that's about it for the moment. Uh, mainly waiting for the pro ladder to start. Oh, I do want to continue our... Uh, a state of vent section, which is uh, probably my favorite section in this podcast. We started it a while ago, but for those of you listening in the first time, a state of vent is where we give an example of a play or a situation that was come across in one of our games or something just that we've seen that we want to vent about because it was either a amazingly horrible mistake that we did or an amazingly lucky thing that's happened or just 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 something that was crazy so i have one from earlier today i was pay playing the 
uh, horribly, horribly misrepresented and, and not overpowered at all, Stabatel. <laughs> and um, playing a really, really good Henselt deck that was, you know, really good at matching, uh, matching tempo, which, which is great. And uh, we, I have won round one. Got to rank round two. I decided to... Uh, I won round one with, with one card down, by the way. So I had a decision whether to continue in round two or just straight past round three uh, and us getting there on even cards. I had a Elven Mercenary in hand, uh, which is a card, for those of you who don't know, which is one power. Uh, and this is the kind of power of the, the Stamadel deck and where it gets its name. So Elven Mercenary is one power and allows you to draw the top two bronze special cards and play one of them and the other one gets shuffled back. So this deck's kind of uh, gimmick is that you use that to mainly get Stamilford's Tremors, which in its new version damages all the units on the board by one and if anything with one power was destroyed like elven mercenary then you sport an earth elemental on your side so i had one of these in my hand uh, and my decision was do i just pass or do i keep playing and you know potentially risky because if you play into round two having one round one uh, one card down then you're effectively, you know, two cards down and you have to win, well, not win, but you have to lose the second round. You want to lose it so that you're still on even cards going into the next round. So it's always a kind of tricky decision, I find, whether to play out the second round to an extent or not. The onus obviously is on you if you've already won the first round to keep up in tempo. So if your opponent can pass you, then you're kind of screwed and you'll have to go to the next round one card uh, down. So I decided to do it though, take a certain level of calculated risk there. Because I had the Elven Mercenary and in round three, uh, you know, getting just a six powered earth and elemental isn't really that strong. Cause, and then having it in round two allows me to get that four power carryover from the earth elemental. I basically chose to do it for that. And then my also other consideration was I wanted to thin my deck of my last Stamilford's Tremors as well, because I wanted to have a greater chance of drawing into my second Dolbathana Protector, which again is the other win condition of this deck. Um, essentially... Uh, the way this card works, of course, is that when you play a special card, Dolbathana Protector is boosted by one. And then that happens whether it's in your hand, deck, or on your side of the board. So the, the concept of this deck is you play a ton of spells, you get a bunch of carryover, uh, and then in round three, your win condition is having Dolbathana Protectors, which are, you know, 15 plus power. Yeah, so I wanted to basically thin my deck a little bit as well uh, to be able to have a greater chance of getting that second one. So I played into, long story short, played into round two, doing my first move as um, uh, Elven Mercenary, getting out that Golem, kind of passed me in power, which again was was, was my risk. Uh, so I had to play into that round a bit longer. I started the round with, I think, seven cards. And then I just basically kind of screwed myself by by doing that decision and had to basically try and keep up with this power for the for the rest of the game or risk risk going into the next round a card down i didn't want to do that so i kept playing at some point i used a 
Summoning Circle, which is a silver card that allows you to copy their last bronze or silver card, I used the Summoning Circle to copy one of his bronze, one of the new bronze uh, Northern Realms cards. Now, I don't know exactly the name of this card. I'm going to look it up as we speak. But essentially what this card does is it allows you to buff one of your units automatically at the start of your turn. So it's one that was just released in the recent patch. Uh, it's got seven power here. It's called Temerian Drummer. So it says every turn at the start of your turn, boost a random other ally by one. So I copied one of those with my Stumble Forward, with my Summoning Circle, sorry. And uh, essentially got down to the point where I had one card left and he had two cards left. And my last card was uh, not a great one, but a, a decent one at that point. Uh, it was the neutral silver card Merigold's Hailstorm, which damages all units on the road by half their power. So I used that, and I calculated it because he had about five units on a row, and I calculated that if I used it, I would be equal to him on power and therefore he would have to use his last card uh, sorry by the way he, he had one card left and i had uh, one card left as well uh, he didn't have two so if i used it then it would force him to use his last card and i was therefore banking on the idea that i would have four power carryover for my earth elemental and that i had a pretty decent because i only had about four cards left in my deck pretty decent chance to draw into my last Doldothana protector which would be you know 15 plus power at that point so i was baking on the fact that i would draw into that but at the very least have four power and and you know decent card as well so <laughs> here's the problem i calculated it completely wrong I ended up being uh, on 33 points and him being on 34 points after I cast Miracle's Household. Now, part of the problem came with that was because at, at that point, he had three drummers out, <laughs> as well as something else that was buffing his, his units. I can't remember what it was exactly. No, no, no. Was it a... No, no. It was it was one of the, the silver units that's... The Trollolo guide. It wasn't buffing. It was just giving... Uh, extra power. So Trollolo is, is part of the Northern Realms kind of, not broken, but, but potentially overpowered, really good synergistic card at the moment that gives you an extra two power, uh, two armor rather, every turn. And it also starts with four armor. So the concept is you get tons and tons and tons of armor and then you use the Northern Realms bronze card, which is called, I'm just looking it up as we speak, which is amazing that I'm able to do this. This is a great feature. <laughs> uh, Dun Dunbanner Heavy Recovery. So Dunbanner Heavy Recovery is an eight powered bronze unit, which says deploy, remove armor from a unit and boost self by the amount of armor removed. So in any case, it didn't matter whether he had that card or not because I was forcing him to go down to zero cards if my calculations were correct. But rather, after his, uh, his drummers buffed his guys, I accidentally thought that he only had two uh, and not three. Uh, and therefore, I was at 33 power <laughs> and he was at 34 power. And then he kind of thought for a while. Uh, I emoted him. I said, damn it. 
<laughs> which uh, I don't often emote. Uh, I kind of largely think emoting is kind of bad manners. Uh, but I, I said, dead damn it, because I wanted to acknowledge that I had done a stupid move and miscalculated. I was actually down by one point and therefore he could have a, a carryover. And then to my absolute shock, well, this wasn't my shock, he passed. Uh, but then to my absolute shock, it passed to me and then my own drummer, which I had <laughs> summoning circled out earlier, the turn, literally the turn earlier, <laughs> gave me an extra boost from my drummer. Uh, and then we went to 34 power each, and then uh, it routed it into tires, so I won, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Uh, I I really should not have won that game. Uh, I feel re- felt really bad after it because I I I said damn it with my emote, and I, I think that might have contributed to him thinking that I definitely stuffed up, uh, and therefore it was fine to pass. Uh, but he and I. Both completely forgot about my own drummer, uh, and then somehow that made me <laughs> win the game. So that was that was my uh, ridiculous play. So that was that was my state of bed. Jeez, uh, now that I'm thinking back of it, most of the things I've said on state of bed have been me doing something stupid. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, it happens. I admit my mistakes. Uh, but uh, when you do something stupid and it somehow works out for the best. <laughs> You know what? Can't complain. Uh, there we go. So, so yeah. So, hey, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I've wanted to just make it as a, you know, kind of a, a conversation about what's been happening in general and, 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 and uh, you know, how I've been going in terms of the games. I really like this idea moving forward. Obviously, where we can, I want to have my good buddy Balazar here and to be bouncing off him and having good chat. But when he can't, I, I'd like to, you know, I can't commit to a, every week, but I'd like to be able to more regularly do episodes as well, solo if I have to. But, hey, that's what we got to do. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying your games of Gwent. There's lots of good stuff out there. Lots of good streams at the moment. Looking at Twitch, uh, Life Coaches started streaming again. He was off for a while. Uh, we've got Super JJ streaming pretty regularly. And the kind of numbers that we're hitting with Gwen at the moment is just, just crazy. You know, Super JJ, you know, Life Coach are getting 2,000 plus quite regularly. Viewers when they're on, which is just amazing to see. But, you know, there's other streamers out there. And there's, of course, YouTube content. So lots of places where you can kind of watch and learn from people that are are very good and you know what that's that's it's it's all about fun at the end of the day uh, and this is why I I guess I don't want to say hate but I have a bit of a problem with people that are a bit too salty <laughs> as they say uh, at the end of the day if you listen to this if you watch streams if you play Gwent yourself the whole point is fun right you do it because you enjoy it personally I play Gwent because I think it is literally the best card game out there. And this is coming from a person that's played Magic the Gathering quite regularly for over 10 years. Uh, You know, it's because Gwent is a game, unlike others, it is a game that really favours people thinking, 
uh, really pavers people being creative, planning ahead, uh, and it's less about luck than other card games. There's not going to be the, the crazy top decks like in Magic. There's not going to be the ridiculous luck like there is in Hearthstone. So to me, it's it's more about skill, and that's good. It, and it's fun. Get to, to look at all the different cards, amazing artwork, uh, play against other people, come up with crazy decks, come up with synergies, uh, and, and just try lots of different things out. So... If you're not having fun, there's no point. And uh, hey, that's that's my moral for life, really. <laughs> it's starting to get serious and uh, all, all D&M, deep and meaningful, kind of philosophical here. But the game is all about fun. So enjoy your games, uh, have fun, and hopefully we get this pro ladder soon. Uh, even if you're not playing in it, uh, it'll be amazing to watch other people do so uh, on streams and, and in YouTube videos. Uh, and it's going to mean really, really great things uh, for Gwent as a competitive esport moving forward. So I am super excited. I hope you are too. Stay tuned. There are going to be more podcasts moving forward. Good night. Stay playing Gwent. All the best. Bye. Good evening, everybody out there in podcast land. I just stuffed out that line. <laughs> oh, far out. I'm going to have to record this all over again.